Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, my guests are the Moth and the Flame. The origins of electronic music can be traced back to the origins of electronic technology itself. As soon as tinkerers started creating sounds with synthesized instruments, writers started experimenting and composing music with them. Wholly new styles were created, and more forward-thinking established artists started incorporating electronic elements into their new music. Robert Moog brought the first commercially available synthesizer to market in 1965, and it soon found its way into albums by household names like The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, and The Doors, along with anyone else with the wherewithal to create art by turning a bunch of knobs. Synthesizers soon became a cornerstone in progressive rock, and evolving electronic technology continued to revolutionize music and the way it was made throughout the ensuing decades. By 2014, younger musicians have grown up in a world where this technology has always existed. The Moth and the Flame is a Los Angeles-based band that approaches their music like a tabula rasa, a blank slate upon which they indiscriminately add elements of traditional and electronic instruments. The result is catchy, ethereal, driving, and haunting. They established their style on their eponymous full-length debut in 2011 and followed it up with a six-song EP named Ampersand in late 2013. Not content to coast, The Moth and the Flame are planning on releasing a brand new record in 2014 that will likely see their fan base continue to grow. Welcome to Independence Day, The Moth and the Flame. Hey guys, thanks for coming out today. I do appreciate it so very much. Yeah, oh, thanks for yeah. having us. Thanks, Thank you. It's cool to have a band like you on my show. We were talking about this a little bit while we were setting up today. Like so many of the artists I have, because uh, of the kind of scenes I run in are kind of folky, kind of organic acoustic type music or just you know kind of on the rock side so i'm i'm happy to have you guys because i mean what style would you call your music because it's very synth heavy you've got you know you kind of mix like regular instrumentation with electronic instrumentation what would you call it as the progenitors of this um this is brandon but i think uh typically it's kind of been coined like indie art rock okay um, which I, i feel like is a pretty good i don't know Pretty accurate uh, yeah. label for it, I guess. Yeah, this is Andrew. I know it's always tricky to put a label on your music because we're trying to do, you know, something unique as well. So yeah. we, uh, I think we all have influences and things that we like. We love different electronic aspects. We love just regular, you know, acoustic instruments. And so when we write music, I think that all kind of comes together. But yeah, it's just... yeah. Yeah, I, I, rock, I, I say that not to pigeonhole you because that's something that I think the business tries to foist upon you and you're a musician. Like everybody wants yeah. to know, like, what are you? What style are you? What do you play? <laughs> but you also have to have some kind of descriptor to people. Right. You have to give them some kind of point of reference so they know what in God's name you're talking about when you say, oh, yeah, we're indie art pop. Well, what is that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, and then who were the artists that you guys grew up listening to that made you want to go in this direction? I mean, was it something where... Because you know, some artists start off with, there's just one of two ways it seems like. Like they grow up with like gospel music and then they either love gospel music or they run in completely the other direction and do something completely different. Like which was it for you? This yeah. is Mark. I started out with um, just purely classical music and um, then classical music and Neil Young. And that's okay. my whole musical background. And then I got into a ton of other stuff. Because you play keyboards. 
Yeah. Primarily in the band. You know what? Actually, I, I'm remiss. I should, we should introduce everybody so we know who we're talking about here. I jumped right in with the questions. But the, the members of this band, we've got uh, on my left, Andrew Tolman. You're the drummer? Yes, drums. Drums. Uh, and you also play kind of electronic drums mixed in with Yeah, that. drums and percussion. Drums so. and percussion. Okay. Mark Garbett. Am I getting that right? Okay. And you play keyboards and vocals, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then Brandon Robbins and vocals and guitar. Yeah. All right, and there are two more of you who are kind of ancillary members. Are they kind of the same two extra people that are with you when you guys do the expanded lineup? Or does it kind of rotate around a little bit? It kind of changes from tour to tour, but um, for the last while, I've been the same guys. Okay, So, but this is the core of the band, the three of you that I have here today. Yeah. Okay, cool. So once again, I'm so happy to have you guys. Like I said, a lot of the bands I have on this show are kind of organic, folky-type music, so it's really cool to have people on the show who do so much electronic music because there's so much... There's so much you can do with that now. You know, it's funny little toys like you've got, uh, Brandon, you've got this little vocal processor that you put on your mic stand. Right. And, you know, so do how do front of house people react when you do that? Because they can kind of, sometimes front of house people can be a little like, no, 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 you can't do that, man. That's my job. Are they cool <laughs> yeah. with that? Yeah, so far everyone has been really, like, cool about it. Um, some are able to, like, handle it better than others. And I think they're just kind of used to it. I think more and more people are using yeah. them nowadays. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can't fight the future, man. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this is a question uh, for Andrew, you know, because you incorporate uh, electronic drums along with you. Today, you just played electronic, basically like a drum pad kind of thing. But you incorporate, you know, were you, was there ever a point, you know, being from your generation where you were like threatened by a drum machine as a drummer? Because a lot of drummers, when they first started showing up, you know, were like, oh, I I can't deal with that. It's replacing (laughs) me. You know, it's like a machine doing what I do. Or was it something that, like always was just an extra level of, of creativity. I mean, I don't, I don't really remember a specific point where I was threatened by it, but it was just something that I wasn't really into. You know, I just, yeah. I didn't really think about it because it was in my mind, it was kind of different. There's acoustic drums, there's electronic drums okay. and I never did electronic drums, but just the age that we live in, it's, it's kind of hard to get by without, you know, knowing a little bit about yeah. that. Um, when we recorded this last EP, we were fortunate enough to work with the, producer named Joey Warnker and he's a amazing drummer and percussionist yeah he's worked with and, Beck uh, and lots of other pretty yeah, famous people Good yeah producer. exactly and one thing that has always really impressed me about the things that he's done recently is kind of how he infuses electronics and acoustics with especially with his drums so that's something that we've done um, especially you know since this last EP it's yeah. something that I've really been into yeah, very, very nice. So what, it, it, was there a point where you, like it turned for you, where it was like it, instead, of becoming, uh, instead of being an adversarial thing, it became something like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to like, dive in and incorporate that? I think it was just as soon as I bought the, my, my Roland pad. Okay. Um, and I just, that was probably, what, four years ago, maybe? Yeah, okay. And then you, I mean, as a keyboard player, I mean, electronics have been around forever in your domain, you know, probably more than any of the other instruments. Yeah. Yeah, I... Well, I grew up playing the piano, okay. so I didn't, didn't play a synth until like five years ago, Okay. and then I just got way into it. I think they're really fun. I like, uh, I think there's so much you can do with just electronic sounds and synths and different filters and modulators. It's a lot of fun to just play around with. Yeah, and now you can do so much with, I mean, do you ever take a laptop on stage? Because a lot of people will do that where they'll bring their laptop and they'll actually use that as, a, as an instrument, like a synthesizer built into the computer. Yeah, we used to, but we actually started doing, we got this synthesizer 
the Nord wave. You can uh-huh. load in your samples, and it's really cool because all of the parameters can be um, modulated in real time. Th- in real time through the synth. So this the laptop's fun, but it's just so much setup, and it's kind of a pain. Yeah. And you are always scared that something's going to go wrong. Yeah, so yeah. So it's way better to have an actual instrument. Um, and then how about, you know, as I'm playing guitar, I mean, I know you've got your vocal processor there on your mic stand, but then you've got some other effects in your your uh, your pedal board to do kind of crazy otherworldly type sounds as well. I mean, were you always experimental like that? Was it was it Johnny Greenwood who got you into that kind of thing? Or where, where, where did it come um, from? I was actually, I've always been kind of really minimal um, with my pedal setup for my guitar um, and just tried to like make myself stretch uh, as a guitarist just without you know, the help of pedals yeah. and try and like really find something unique to myself. Um, just lately I've gotten like a few pedals that I dabble yeah. with, but for the most part, just like keep it really simple. Um, and then let these guys make yeah. all the, the fun, cool sounds. Yeah. Well, you, it could kind of get over the top. I think if everybody was doing crazy sounds yeah. all at the same time, cause you gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. know where that line is. I think it's important. Creativity is very fluid in that regard, but yeah. you know, the bands that when everybody's doing everything all at the same time, first of all, it's really complicated and it can really, you know, that's one thing I really like about listening to your music is you guys know where to leave space in the music. Like it's easy. I think, especially when you've got so many electronic instruments to just put everything with the kitchen sink on there at all times. But music overwhelms the listener, I think, when there's too much going on. So to be able to have the like musical maturity to leave open space, yeah, you know, sure. no, I think definitely. is a cool thing. And you guys do that really, really well. Oh, so my guests tonight on Independence Day are a band called The Moth and The Flame. They're an L.A.-based band, but they started out in Utah. They have a brand new EP out called Ampersand. How many tracks on this record? Six. Six. So it's a big EP. Yeah. yeah. Well, one is a bonus track, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah. EPs have bonus tracks now. <laughs> yep. Well, that's cool. All right. So listen. Let's listen to a track from uh, from Ampersand. This first song is going to be called Silver Tongue. You can pick it up on iTunes. You can pick it up at shows, all the usual places. You got it like on CD Baby too. Uh, all the it's usual on places. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're they're making enough ways that you can pretty much pick up their music anywhere. So this is the Moth and the Flame here on Independence Day.
My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. My guests tonight, so very happy to have them, are called The Moth and The Flame. They started out in Utah. They've moved here to Los Angeles, and now they're making great, what did you call it? Indie, what indie was it? art rock. Indie art rock. It's cool stuff, man. It's kind of like an evolution of maybe Pink Floyd and Radiohead and all those kinds of great bands that I grew up loving so much. So why Los Angeles? Like you started out in Provo. You guys had a pretty good career going in Provo, playing a lot of shows around town. Why L.A.? I mean, you know, I think same reason most uh, musicians move to another city. You're just looking for different opportunities. Provo is such a great place for us to start out and... Uh, I, f I think we all felt like there was just a time where we were looking to expand our audience and, you know, we were looking to find more places to play, meet new people. Um, at the time, we were recording here and we were playing a lot of shows here. Um, we recently just got signed, so okay. it just kind of all made sense. Yeah, um, L.A. was like really like pulling us to it, honestly. And it's nicer rather than Provo, is it not? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Definitely yeah. is. That makes sense, man. That makes, it makes a big difference. I remember playing in Chicago at like the time that I decided to move. I had just played a show, like kind of a later night show, and I was loading out, and it had snowed while we were in playing. And it's all well and good. It snows in Chicago. That's not news to anybody. But it was like, for whatever reason, every now and again you have the show where not a lot of people showed up. And so I was in kind of a dour mood about that. And then the, something went weird with the pay and the sound guy was being a jerk. And it's like, now I'm yeah. loading out like in my show clothes. It's freezing. I'm standing in the snow and slush. And I'm thinking, man, I don't have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I figured if I'm going to do a show where nobody's there and I'm going to load out at 2 a.m., I'm going to do it where it's warm and there are palm trees. So who, which one of you broached the subject with the other ones? Like, hey, I think it's time to go somewhere else. And was there a discussion of anywhere other than L.A.? Um, not really. It kind of came up really fluidly and just like naturally. We had been coming out here so often to like okay. work. At that time, we were working with Joey on the EP and we're doing, you know, we're about to start a residency. Um, and so it's just like. Where was the residency? Uh, Silver Lake Lounge. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a cool little place. Yeah. And so we're just like, we're going to be in LA a lot. And uh, and so it, yeah, it just kind of came up naturally and, and we were all for some reason just like really on board with it yeah yeah immediately it was just like should we move to la it was like yeah let's okay do it. so how long was it from when you decided that that you actually uh packed up and left i think it was only a couple months like two yeah. months fast yeah it was two months. fast two months and you still have family i take it back in back in provo mm -hmm. yeah yeah Cool. My guest tonight, The Moth and The Flame. You can learn anything you know about them at their website, which is themothandtheflamemusic.com. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash themothandtheflame. Follow them on Twitter, twitter.com slash themoththeflame. So you just ditched the amp. Maybe that's where the ampersand went, into the mm -hmm. name, of your, uh, <laughs> name of your EP. So you guys have got instruments here. You've got an interesting lineup of instruments here. What's the first track you're going to be for us? So are you going to play for us today? We're going to be playing a track called Winsome. Tell me just a little bit about this tune. Uh, Winsome is a fun tune. It's uh, very percussion uh, heavy and, and uh, oriented. It's in 9-8 uh, time signature. Oh. And uh, so yeah, it's a really fun, awkward song <laughs> yeah, to this, dance to. This song started out as just like a jam between drums and guitar back in Provo. And then when we started working on the EP with Joey Warnker, uh, we brought him, you know, showed him a lot of de demos. And this one particularly he really liked and so he asked us to let's make a song with it yeah and so we did we wrote it half some of it just there in the studio with him and then he did a lot a ton of layers with percussion and electronics and so yeah that's kind of 
the story with the song. Yeah, very nice. All right, let's hear this, The Moth and the Flame with Winsome here on Independence Day.
I'm Joe Armstrong. They are the Moth and the Flame. Los Angeles-based band started off in Utah. They've got a brand new EP called Ampersand. You can pick that up in all the usual places. But the, the actual record, it's the symbol for Ampersand, right? It's not right. written out, Ampersand. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's cool. I think it's really interesting. You know, someone who's really into that is Peter Gabriel. He started releasing records that had really just two-letter titles back in the 80s with So and then followed it up with Us because he really liked the concept that it's a word in English, of course, but then the fact that it's only two letters makes a symbol. And when it's something becomes a symbol, it kind of carries this whole extra level of like implied other things, you know, and that's kind of the way ampersand is too. So kudos, man. It's good to be clever. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your relationship. How did you get hooked up with Joey Warner? Um, that was through our manager, uh, Sam Shulman. And we were looking at a bunch of different people to, to produce us. We kind of made a list, and he approached us that he was good friends with him and could maybe be a cool fit. So, yeah, we told him to let's you know see if he's interested. Uh, met with him, and he was, yeah, he was really cool. So. And how long did it take to put together the EP? Oh, how long was that? Like a month? Well, it was a lot of like pre-production, yeah. you know, like emails back and forth. But then uh, like in Joey's studio, probably a month. Um, but with pre-production, like a few months. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a concentrated thing rather than, you know, some people who are bands who are touring a lot will like, they'll go in the studio for like a couple weeks and then they'll go out and tour for two months and then they'll come back and work. So this was kind of a, like a bang, you know, yeah. whiz bang kind of deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice, man. I, I like what you guys do. Like I said, it's cool. Like, uh, I mean, I, I admit that I have kind of a low-grade aversion to synthesizers, you know, but I feel <laughs> like their power can be used for good. I literally grew up on Pink Floyd. I love Radiohead, and there's so much that can be done with it, but I think it's just people don't use it tastefully, and I like what you guys do with it. It's very, very cool. So uh, how much... You guys are on the road a fairly amount in 23, right? A fairly good amount? Like you said, like 60 shows, you think? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of uh, on the road like recording. Um, we actually did an LP um, with Peter Cadis in Connecticut, and so we were gone for seven weeks. Okay. Doing that. Um, so yeah, we're gone a lot. We've been gone more. Yeah. Uh, than we've been here in LA since we moved here. Yeah, it's an occupational hazard, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> How do you think you fit in? Because L.A.'s got all these different scenes of music here. Do you think, you know, is, is L.A. just a place where you come to make your art, or do you identify with some kind of scene here in L.A. at all? Do you think you fit in here, or does it even matter for a band like you? Yeah, honestly, like, I don't think any of us have been able to really explore the depths of all the scenes, but, uh, I mean, yeah, like, we're, I don't know, if, if anything, we're kind of in, like, the... I mean, we live in Glassell Park, kind of like, the, <laughs> kind of uh, like in the Silver Lake area. Yeah, and I don't know. So, yeah. Well, we've been gone so much, so it's been hard to like immerse into the scene. Definitely want to like explore it more. We've met a um, handful of bands. Everybody's been really cool. Yeah. And what do you like about yeah. LA compared to where Provo, where you come from? I mean, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot to to like about LA. This is Andrew again. But, um, I mean, the weather is amazing. I remember when we first moved here, being here for a few weeks, and this, every morning that I'd go outside, it's just perfect weather. It was kind yeah. of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think the weather affects me a lot. I, didn't, I don't think I realized that, but being here, I notice it more and more that when I go outside in this beautiful weather, I'm just a lot happier in general. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's something too that people sit under those lights, those UV lights. Coming from Chicago, also a fairly dreary climate, it was the same kind of deal. I mean, you know, your problems follow you wherever you go. You're the same guy whether you're in the sunshine or not. But I think it makes a difference. Oh, yeah, you need that vitamin D. Yeah, need the vitamin D. How about some more music? What do you got for us this time? Uh, We got uh, another track. This is uh, the lead off track from the EP called Sorry. All right. Once again, the Moth and the Flames. We're very happy to have them here on Independence Day. is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Please tune in to indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com to learn about all the wonderful artists we've had on the show. But the most recent ones we've had on the show, The Moth and the Flame, LA-based band from Utah originally. 
and they play a lot of electronic instruments. Talk to me a little bit about technical difficulties, because it seems like, you know, it's not as simple as going and playing a traditional rock band, two guitars, bass, drums. You might have an amp go out, right? But there's probably some other band there you can, you know, beg them, buy them a beer or something and say, hey, man, can I borrow your amp for our set? Maybe they'll be cool. Maybe they won't be. But when you're so dependent on technology, like have you guys ever had any like major train wrecks where the power would blink off? during a show and you had to reset things or yeah there's been a couple of times where yeah. like either uh well one of them we had to rely on batteries because we we're um in europe and so the power was just different so we just used batteries um the, and it yeah, just started like cutting board. out yeah i was playing okay. i was playing in the middle of a song and my microcorg was using batteries and it started cutting out and it's it kind of blinks to tell you that it's going to cut out, but the uh -huh. problem is it resets everything when right, it does right. that. So, like all of the, all of the modulation I was doing, like just gone. <laughs> so I had to like run and find the extra batteries in the middle of a song, and or like random like people had moved keyboards will like transpose themselves or like yeah yeah weird stuff. The yeah. ghost in the machines, man. Yeah, yeah it's that's so when weird. you when you depend on the machines. You know they can they can do right by you. They can do amazing things. But man, when you get on the dark side of those machines, you're up yeah. a creek, man. Yeah. That's yeah. why we cut out laptops because okay. with laptops it was even worse. Yeah, and keep it simple, stupid. That's yeah, the whole yeah, motto exactly. with that kind of thing. You know, that's why you know a lot of guitar players you know used alternate tunings, as do I from time to time. But they can do really, really great things. But if you the more the farther you go down that road, the farther like you're in the weeds. Like if something goes wrong. Like I remember yeah. seeing there's an artist named Jonathan Brooke. I saw her play in New York one time and she had a guitar tech who obviously didn't, she's really, really into these alternate tunings, like crazy E flat, all kinds of different intervals. And she had a guitar tech who it was obvious that she had hired him for the night because he didn't know what was going on. She like, she'd, she'd get a guitar and it would be all cockamamie and it you know, really can bring the show to its knees sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit more. You guys are, you've got a couple of videos right? And the videos are becoming like, it's almost like a resurgent thing in the music business these days because you can do them on your iPhone and edit it like right on your Apple or right on your PC for essentially nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, did you guys do when you did your video, it kind of made it on this MTV, which first of all is funny because I didn't think MTV even played videos anymore. It was all those <laughs> lame shows. But, uh, I mean, are, did you, is this what, this is like a DIY kind of video or did the label kind of put some money up and you shot it and had a videographer do the whole thing? Like how DIY was your video? Um, this specific video with Sorry, um, the one that was on MTVU, that one was more from the label side of things. Okay. So they, uh, um, they kind of put it together. They set everything up, and we showed up. And no, it's nice. We, you know, we talked about the ideas with a few people beforehand, but yeah, this one. Yeah, I mean, more we had, so like, than the others. With the director and like yeah. you know talk about give our input on on style and yeah. direction. Mm -hmm. But, so uh, your usual yeah. two hundred thousand dollar catering budget for the video, like they used to have, <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. I must have ceviche, and it must come from Baja, California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so tell me a little bit about. We've got just a little bit more time. We want to get one more song, and before you guys have to roll out of here, you're busy as am I. But uh, tell me a little bit about your working relationship when it comes to writing, because I feel like sitting down to write with an acoustic guitar, you tend to wind up with acoustic guitar type songs. And because you're so, I say this sounds like a bad thing, but you're kind of heavily dependent on these electronic instruments. Do you start off simply with like a guitar part and then add these other things? Or do you start off organically with like a keyboard ethereal kind of pad? Or do you start off with a rhythmic thing? Or is everything kind of a melange that's all mixed in together? Like, how do you do it in this band? Yeah, it's it's a mixture. Um, okay. It's evolved a lot, definitely. Um, starting out, you know, early stages, it was, it was definitely more 
just like guitar and like bring that to the table and then reinterpret and rewrite. And then eventually you can do away with that original guitar part. Yeah. And you just, you know, um, lately more though, we've been able to, you know, get more and more, uh, more and more keyboards and, and, and things to, uh, write with. And so, uh, it's definitely been more of a mix Yeah, where, uh, we'll have original stuff written on, on synths and keyboards and, um, and things like that. So, and Brandon, you're pretty the the lead vocalist pretty much. Do you tend to write your own lyrics or do you guys all contribute to lyrics? Yeah, I, I do, uh, all the lyrics. And where, uh, where do you turn for inspiration for lyrics? Are you, do you read, are you a reader a lot or do you just kind of free associate? Everybody does it differently. Like Bowie's got that trick where he'll write down a bunch of stuff and he'll cut them up like literally on paper and cut them up in little pieces and throw them in the air and then reassemble them. I think Mike Stipe does stuff like that too. Yeah, I have um, a few tricks. Mostly I just try and um, basically like tap into my subconscious and like I'll have a voice memo out. Oh yeah, okay. And I'll just go without thinking, you know, just like with free association. Yeah, just kind of free association and um, things like that and um, and then go back through and just kind of listen to what uh, I've, I've said and then just kind of see where it takes me and then draw inspiration and, and ideas from that. Uh, that's one thing I've done. And then, and then, yeah. And then also go in with an idea of a topic uh-huh. and exactly what I want to say and, and, you know, things like that. So just kind of what mood I'm in, I guess, trying yeah. to capture that mood. Yeah. I love to watch bands as they mature and as they become more successful because they write about different things. You know, it's like you, people always like complain about Springsteen writing about these songs about the working man because Springsteen is a multi, multi-millionaire. Right. But somehow he, he maintains his cred, you know, as you kind of come <laughs> up here. It's, watch, it's fun to watch bands because there's the thing with bands. You've got your whole life to write your first album and then you've got like a year to write your second album. And then can they survive that, that little sophomore hump? And you guys seem like you're doing really, really, really well with it. How about one more tune? We've got enough time for one more. What have you got for us? We've got Wishing Well. Wishing well, and this is uh, who wrote this? Who, like with the genesis of this? Is this a studio composition, or did you go into the studio with this? No, this uh, started yeah. as a piano part, and then um, we just developed it from there. All right, cool. Once again, the Moth and the Flame. So very happy to have them here on Independence Day. Let's rock with this. Everyone you know 
Once again, The Moth and The Flame are my guests here on Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. Please pick up their music. It's good. Support local musicians. Support even non-local musicians. And the best way to support them is by buying their products. So drop by iTunes, drop by wherever you're going to drop it, and uh, and pick up their record. They've got a brand new EP. It's called Ampersand. It's got six songs or five songs and a bonus track, depending on how you want to slice it up. Before that, do you still have copies? You guys did a physical only, like a debut from, was it 2011, I think? Yeah. Self-titled. Is that still available? Do you still have copies of that? Um, it's not available right now. Okay. So we've kind of pulled it back uh, since releasing the EP. Yeah. Your Just negotiations with David Geffen to see if we can't get that out there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. It's been uh, it's been really, really great having you guys. You guys don't have any gigs booked right now, but you're, you're working on some stuff, I think. Just having wrapped yeah, up the recording. Yeah, we we'll have some stuff seen. We just haven't said anything yet. So. Yeah. Is it nice to get a break after the recording yeah. process? Definitely, yeah. Definitely. As much needed. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So good, so good to have you guys here. So pick up their records. Uh, you can drop by the Moth and the Flame Music. You guys are in the studio too, right? Are going in the studio again to do a full length record relatively soon? Um, we already did it. Oh, you, you done did it? Okay, yeah. we've done the full length. We done did um, it, and then we're continuing to uh, just record. Okay, um, just keep ourselves on uh, on our toes. When might we see the full length record? 
later this year sometime. Okay. Uh, we're not sure exactly, uh, but uh, hopefully end of summer. Yeah, it's a good time. We'll keep an eye out for that. So uh, my guests tonight, Andrew Tolman, Mark Garbett, Brandon Robbins, they are collectively the moth and the flame. You can find them on stages. You can find them on iTunes. Find them anywhere you need to find them. It's been an honor to have you guys here tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your music and your stories with us. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having yeah. us. All right. Safe, safe travels, boys. All right. So thanks ever so much to the moth and the flame. Also to the Independence Day staff, Valentina Rivera, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. You should pick their music up, too. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.